Thank you for tuning into the New Covenant Life Christian Church podcast, where we are loving God and loving his people. It's all about him. Our focus is spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and advancing his kingdom in the earth. Now, today's life-changing word. before you guys um, I, I, I talked to you about healing or, or why we don't get healed and Pastor P started this year off by talking about this is going to be called the year of life and he said that the acronym for life is living in faith each and every day and I don't know about you but I'm still believing for God to do some things in my life and in this church this year it's going to manifest this year because of Jesus Christ and the teaching that we continue to get on faith. And so Jesus said in our two foundational scriptures was John 10 and 10 and Galatians 2 and 20. And, and, and um, John 10 and 10 it said that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I come that you may have life and not just have life, but that you may have it more abundantly. And this abundant life is a rich and satisfying life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And when the Lord created us, he created us to enjoy, to enjoy everything that he provided, which includes health, it includes longevity, wholeness, peace, it includes prosperity, it includes all of that. So this abundant life is the highest form of life that anyone can ever possess. And it's the same kind of life that we find in Jesus Christ. And we also said that it's not about the quality of stuff that a person possesses. It's about the quality of life that a person receives from the Lord. Now, personally, um, you know, when I talk about uh, walking in divine health and, and um, divine health and healing, you know, I can talk about that really until Jesus comes back home. That's just me. And, um, and it is my desire, you know, the Lord was started working this in me years ago. But, you know, my desire is for not me, my family, anyone that I know, and even the people that I don't know, that they will never get sick and that they will never get a, a disease. That's how I feel. And I'm just telling you, whenever I feel or, or, or hear anybody get sick in any capacity, my heart is moved. And I'm telling you that it's not me, it's the Lord. I told you once before that we can't put too much trust in, in people. Just hear what I'm saying. Because anything good, all of the good that you see a person that can do, you got to attribute that to the Lord. Man, you leave us to ourselves. The Bible says, in your flesh dwelleth no good thing. You leave me off to myself, you ain't going to know me as Elder Garfield. Keep playing with me if you want to. No, no, I'm going to get in the flesh and ain't going to be nothing holy about me. You understand what I'm saying? We have to attribute that to the God like we were saying. Even when you see the manifestations of, of this medicine and, and the doctors that, that the Lord has given them wisdom to make for us, it's a manifestation of the Lord. It's called, it's called a theophany. It's a manifestation of the Lord. It's God manifesting himself through that person. So don't put all your faith, don't put all of your weight on a person. Period. 
You better put all that weight in the Lord. Amen. So, and with that, even, even with that, you know, if we can accomplish everything in life that we have to accomplish, if we have a successful business or career, if we went to college, if we got a master's degree, if we achieved all of the accolades, if we built our dream homes, we got our dream cars, if your wife is the Proverbs 31 wife, your husband is Boaz, if you have the wisdom and riches of Solomon. Go ahead now. But you stay ill all the time and can never enjoy the things that you obtained in life with the blessings of the Lord. What good would all that be? You have to have this, this, your life has to be wrapped up in Jesus so much that even if you have all of that stuff and lose it, you still good. Because you still have your health. Watch this. Jesus is still sitting on the throne. Still my healer, he's still my provider, and he's still everything that you desire for him to be in Jesus' name. The Bible also says in 3 John chapter 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. So again, with that, the last time that I stood here and ministered to you um, about healing, I'm gonna wrap this up today more specifically about sometimes why we don't get healed. Remember that? And one of the things that we talk about, talked about was unforgiveness. And in Luke chapter 23 from the Passion Translation, it says that as they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. So the Lord Jesus Christ himself, while being nailed to the cross over and over again, asked his father to forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, I, I don't know about you, but everybody that was standing there knew that the Roman soldiers was, knew what they was doing. Matter of fact, they were so good at crucifying and punishing people, they put them on public display. To let you know if you cross us, this is what's going to happen. They were good at installing fear, crucifying you, breaking your bones, and, and, and things of that nature. And I know that some of us may not know that, but and one of the reasons why they, they would hang you on the cross and break your legs, because as long as your legs was intact, right, there would come a time that you would become so weak that you couldn't breathe. So you, your legs will give out and your, that, the bottom part of your body would shift up on your lungs and you couldn't breathe. So what, they, what he would do, he would lift up until he got tired and he let his legs down until he started to suffocate. He would lift his legs up. So what they did to stop you from doing that was to break your legs. And then eventually, not only would you die of suffocation, you would die of the pain and the torment that they took you through. So Jesus did go through a lot for us. So for what's it for him to say, Lord, forgive them? Why they many them? <laughs> they couldn't nobody take that punishment but the Lord. They couldn't nobody else do it. And watch this. So now that they were that they were doing that. What was Jesus saying? Why would he say forgive them for they know that? What did he see? What was going on? What did he know that we didn't know to make him say that? Was Jesus telling a lie? 
No. Watch this because number one, the Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Another thing is that everything that Jesus does in scripture was an example for us to follow for our benefit. And if Jesus had to die without forgiving him, without forgiving them, that door of forgiveness would have been closed forever. Right. And watch this too. Then you would have had the right. When somebody do something to you, I ain't going to forgive them. Because you know how we is. Jesus didn't forgive them. Why am I going to forgive them? So Jesus, there were other things that Jesus was dealing with other than what we saw and what we heard. In Matthew 18, 21 through 35, Jesus gives us some very profound revelation on what happens to a person if they don't forget. Now, I already taught all that. I don't want to go back into that. I'm just skimming over this a little bit so I can get to the end of my lesson today. Amen. So, so if you don't, write it down and go back and read it for yourself so that you know that this is scripture that I'm teaching you. But in that, it talks about that when a person is in unforgiveness, how, how their soul is in this prison that's accessing spiritual consequences. And one of these, and one of these things that the tormentors do, that's what the scripture said, he used that to be tormented do, is take your peace and it gives access to the enemy to affect your body. And one of the one of the warning signs, or should I say, some of the warning signs that you have when this when this happens, if you're in unforgiveness, is you lose your peace. You can have aches and pains in your body. And studies show that unforgiveness it can cause stress, it can cause anxiety, depression, and even high blood pressure. I, didn't, I don't know about y'all, but I learned something when I studied that out. Unforgiveness. You just refuse to let that person go. And it's not that you can't, that if that's what you believe. Because your belief means everything. So it, you can forgive that person. It's just that you're so most, you're more associated with the pain of what that person caused you for you not to forgive them, then you are more associated with Jesus getting you past that point. Because watch this. The forgiveness was is not for them. All right. All right now. All right now. Go ahead now. Jesus didn't forgive them for his sake. He forgave them for their sake. Your healing or uh, uh, your unforgiveness is for you. It's so that you can go back, man, I'm telling you, go back and read Matthew 18, 21 through. It's going to blow your mind. And ask the Lord to enlighten it on your heart. So, and, and then too, and when a person goes to the Lord for healing, and there's some unforgiveness in your heart, instead of the Lord healing you, he just may tell you to go back and ask that person for forgiveness. And as, and as again, and as long as there's unforgiveness in our heart, even if he does heal you, you may find yourself going back to the Lord again. Because as long as that thing is festering in your heart, I, man, I'm telling y'all right now about the spirit of the Lord. I don't know who it is, but you got to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. It's eating at your soul every time you think about it. 
And watch this. The reason why Jesus can tell you to forgive, number one, because he did it. And number two is because whenever the Lord says something, remember, with him saying something, he releases the power for you to do it. Come on now. Jesus will never ask you to do nothing. One, that he hasn't, that he himself hasn't done. Or number two, that he won't give you the power to do it. But you can't rely on you. You got to let it go. So, unforgiveness. The second thing we said is tolerance. And I said, and I said, I said last time I was here, that um, the, reason, the reason why uh, you still see me working, now listen, I ain't talking about nobody else. I'm talking about me. Go ahead. And the reason why I can still, why I still put on my glasses to see is because I can tolerate it. I don't really have to believe the Lord for it. I go right down Walmart or whatever, get me some glasses, put it on, and bam, problem solved. But watch this, the same thing can happen in your body. Is there an ache that or a pain? that keeps happening to you over and over again, and you just deal with it from time to time. You may take your few aspens or whatever the case may be and go about your business. You're tolerating it. You're not really sick of the Lord for it. You don't, you don't really want that pain going until it hits you. Then you go, oh my God, Jesus. But you tolerate it. We talked about being offended. In Matthew 15, 21 through top 26, it talks about the woman that came to Jesus on behalf of her daughter. And when she was called a doll, if anybody had any opportunity to be offended, this was her opportunity. And you know how we can be. This is my call, you a doll. You know, y'all start to roll in that neck, putting that hand on that hip. And who do you think you're talking to? Because we can get like that. But watch this. How about you know, watch this, Jesus said that. But how about you know, Jesus is not into assaulting or into insulting people or into calling them out of her name. She knew what it meant when she said dog. Because see, you know what I'm saying? Is? Because sometimes somebody can say something to us and we take it the wrong way and now you're in offense. Oh, I'm real good at that. Boy, you don't. Uh -uh. If it wasn't for my wife, I hope something against free folks all the time. But my wife always said, no, it's how you... Listen, we got to, especially when it comes to husband and wife, we got to understand our language. Because I tell my wife all the time, no, you told me to go down there and buy 15 pieces of that and, 30, and, and, and 15 pieces of that and that was 30 pieces. So all she did was put up the text. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> But I'm saying little things like that, especially between husbands and wife, listen, it can get to the, to, to, it can start to poke you and you'll get an, un, an, an, an offense. And now like me and my wife used to do, you ain't talking to nobody for two or three days. Right. Get in the bed, your wife touches you, you all over here at the end of the bed. <laughs> Sleeping on the sofa all the time. Until my back start hurting. And I told my wife, I don't know who gonna go in there tonight, but it ain't gonna be me. I'm tired of my back hurting. You in a fence. <laughs> Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You better, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanna get married, do you? Let me tell you, marriage is for grown folks. Ain't for kids. You better eat your Wheaties when you start talking about getting married. I got to live with this joke for the rest of my life. 
in Jesus' name. Marriage is no joke. And I tell you, out of all the relationships that you can have, your marriage will probably suffer more than any one of them. Until you get to the place where you're grown. I don't care if you don't, if, if your communication's off, I don't care if your finances is not in order, I don't care what it is. If you don't grow up, come on now, teach. And both of y'all have to. I ain't just leaning on no one person. Some of y'all have to grow up in, in, in the same area. So anyway, and in 2 Kings chapter 5, we're still talking about being a defendant. There was a captain of the army that the king of Syria named, that the, the king of Samaria, his name was Naaman. And he had leprosy. And so he sought the man of God for healing, and Elijah told him to go to the Jordan River and dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River, which was 30 at that time. But the man of God got, oh, but not the man of God, but the, but the captain of the host, he got offended. Watch this. But because of his servant saying, Lord, if he had to ask, if he had to ask you to do something harder, would you not have done it? And it made sense to him. So he humbled himself and he went to the, um, and he went to the Jordan River and he, and he, and he got healed. But watch this. If he did, had never done that, he would have been a leprosy for the rest of his life. And I don't know if you know anything about leprosy, but leprosy is no joke. Leprosy is the disease that starts to eat away at your extensions, like your fingers, your nose, your ears, your toes, and then it starts to get in through the rest of your body. Amen? So, that was one offense. Another thing is, is because we don't follow his instructions. Again, Naaman was instructed to do something specific. And remember what I said the last time and a few minutes ago, that if he told you that, you have the ability to do it. And the miracle or healing that you are looking for is in the instruction. It's in your obedience. In John chapter 9, Jesus told a blind man, I want you to go to the to the pool of Salem and wash the clay off your eyes. Now, how about you know, I don't know if y'all get I know y'all know this, but watch this. Jesus was talking to a blind man. And he told the blind man to go somewhere that he had no idea how he was going to get there. But watch this. He went there because the word that he heard, the same word that Peter heard when he said, come, the same word that had Peter to come and walk on that water was the same word he spoke when he said go. Amen. And if Peter had stood there and never walked, he'd have never walked on the water. If the, watch this. If the blind man had came with every excuse in the book, All right. Lord, you, hey Lord, you know I can't see. Come on now. You know I can't see. So my question is to you at this thing, what is it so difficult in your life that the Lord is asking you to do, but you haven't done it? All right, now. <laughs> I'll ponder on that. Another thing is why we don't get healed is because we expect to get healed a certain way. Again, back to Naaman. Naaman was expecting to get healed the way that he thought that he should get healed. And if you go back and you read um, uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 5, 
more specifically verse 11, it talks about when, he, when, he, when, when, when the man of God came out there and said that, he stood there and said, surely the man of God would have came out and waved his hand and called down to his God. In other words, surely he would have came out and laid hands on me and prayed over me. But that ain't what happened. He told him that, watch this, because if you think that this thing may, may work any other kind of way, but what the Lord expect, what the Lord told you to do, you may get some temporary relief. Come on now. You see what I'm saying? But watch this. Jesus is always concerned. Say always. Always. Jesus is always concerned about the root. He ain't concerned about you temporarily being healed. He wants you to be healed now, today, tomorrow, and until you leave this earth. That's the way our Lord does it. So, he didn't say to come here and let me pray for you. He said that you may have to start exercising. They, they ain't getting it yet. He said that you have to stop eating all that candy and junk food. And I was telling you years ago how, um, how I was telling you last week that years ago how I used to have bad anxiety attacks. And I'm talking about no joke. I used, it seemed like it was like clockwork. It seemed like every morning between 3 and 4 o'clock, I would wake up. My heart was coming up out of my chest. My wife could be my witness. I was putting on my clothes, going to the, going to the uh, emergency room about three or four times a week. They was like, they didn't even want me to sign it, Mr. Coffee. How you doing? <laughs> Don't you think I'm, they knew me by, oh, hey, that's Mr. Coffee. I'm talking about, you, it's bad when they, when they know you on every shift. Something would, um, it would happen again. But what I was instructed to do, I told you when I kept seeking the Lord for this, and let me stop right here and tell you this too. When you're praying to the Lord, when you get these little inclinations, you know what we say, something told me? That ain't something. That's the Holy Ghost checking you. And the Holy Ghost, watch how God is. God will check you. In the year 2020, knowing that the year 2022, that you're going to have to deal with something. Amen. That's right. And you keep blowing it off. Amen. Oh, I get up. I get, because you know that bed feel good really early in the morning, boy. You got to get up and exercise, do your walking and everything. And the sand man just talk. You can just take five more minutes. <laughs> you ain't got that bass voice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he ever matched you. Go ahead, move over on the other side. <laughs> You can miss the day. You, you got the rest of the week to make up for it. Here come Friday. Go ahead and roll over again. So what, the, so what the Holy Ghost Holy Ghost started telling me to do, he started to tell me to stop eating. So I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will do that. He told me to stop eating chocolate. And what I didn't know, and I had to stop eating or uh, drinking coffee with caffeine in it. Mm -hmm. 
because what the caffeine was doing in my body some type of way, it was causing my heart rate to elevate. And the chocolate was too, because if you read the, uh, it was the Hershey bar for me. I don't know about y'all, but them Hershey bars ain't no joke, but. <laughs> and then I, anyway, so, and so, and, and then, and then, and then another thing he told me that I had to do, he told me that I had to stop driving the way that I drive. Cause let me tell you something about y'all folks live down here in Dolan, Alabama. Y'all can't drive worth nothing. Y'all take up the right, the left lane, knowing that folks, that's the fast lane. And then when the car beside you, you want to meet with the car going 30 miles an hour and the speed limit 50. You see me coming down the road doing 50 miles an hour, you wait till the car get right up on you, then you pull out in front of me. Oh, what, what brother Willie at? Brother Willie, I need, I need some Mack truck to uh, learn how to drive. I wish I had a Mack truck. And all these things were festering up in me and I'd be I, I get right up on the bumper and swerve. Then when I get when I get beside him, I look at him like this. My wife would tell me, "You gotta stop doing that." Oh, I told you, don't trust the golf here. I'm telling you that flesh. And here I go, I can feel it. I can I can sense it in my head that thing is coming, and I would have to. Now, I could have kept doing that, and I would have to keep dealing with the same. Now, every now and then, <laughs> every now and then when I get behind that wheel, I have to, Lord. <laughs> anyway, but y'all feel what I'm saying? So what is it that the Lord is telling you to do? Is there some type of ailment in your body or something that you're dealing with physically? That the Lord is that the Lord is telling you to oh exercise exercise because I guarantee you once you start it then you probably won't even be able to stop it'll start feeling good to your body and everything all right and uh, and uh, and uh, um, and the last thing that I talked about before um, I left last uh, the last time I was talking to you was about your words Amen. and Proverbs eighteen and twenty one says from the King James version. That death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. In the message translation, it says, words kill. Words give life. They are either poison or fruit. Watch this. As, as he was praying, that fellow was praying yesterday, you choose. I said before you this day, death and life, blessings and cursings, you choose. What you want. It says from the passive translation, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life, and the talkative person will reap the consequences. First Peter 3 and 10 from the uh, from the passive translation says, Whoever wants to embrace true life and find beauty in each day must stop speaking evil or what and what this word evil what it's talking about is stop speaking contrary to the way that God wants you to live watch this hurtful words and never deceiving what they say always turn from what is wrong and cultivate what is good eagerly eagerly pursue peace in every relationship making it your prize and when the Lord starts speaking to me about this 
Um, he he explained it to me like this. He said that you if you if you want your words to have the desire that you that have the effect that you desire, you cannot be a finagler of words. You know, God talked to you in your language. I knew exactly what he meant. And what he means is that you can't be speaking things that are contrary to life. It means that you can't be a liar. You can't be deceptive in your words, and you have to mean what you say. And if you tell somebody something, you do. Uh, you gonna have you do what you say you're gonna do when you say you're gonna do it. And I'm not now. I'm not talking about you doing some sin. That ain't what I'm talking about. If you ain't married and you tell my girl I'm gonna be over there, that ain't what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? Watch this. So. But if anything else, I don't care how minute it is or if it's going to cost you something, you do what you said you was going to do. Because your words are so powerful that the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what's the rest of it? You shall be saved. Did you, did you grab that? So what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, well, it caused you to receive eternal life. And I said before, that's why you should never curse yourself and say what the doctor said you have. If the doctor diagnosed you with something, that's what you say. The doctor diagnosed me. I'm not denying the facts. That's what he, doctor, that's what he diagnosed me with. But that ain't what I got. Don't curse yourself. Don't be talking about I got this and I got that and everything. Because watch this. Your body is trained that as a man thinketh in his man, I'm jumping way before my as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And let me tell you something. You hear exactly what you say. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What are you saying to yourself all the time? Because I told you once before when I was talking about that 120 years. And I know I heard, I've heard some people break that thing down by the heartbeat and something. And you, you don't live past 80 or 90 years old. But you got to go back and read the context of that scripture and why uh, Moses said that. Because your years... Are 120 years because if you believe that you are going to die at 80, your body will start to accommodate you for that. Go ahead. I don't care how they dress it up. Hold on to that 120 years. And I told you, I got I, my 120 years right here in my back pocket with Jesus Christ. And watch this if I don't make it, and it's because God didn't make it on his behalf. Something defaulted in me. Uh, and I ain't talking about, I ain't talking about being bent over because the, the Bible said neither was his eyes weak or his natural forces abated. Come on now. That's what the word said. So anyway. 
So if you have a habit of lying and it just you're just going to twist the truth a little bit, you just have the habit of saying anything that you want to say, when you want to say it, and you don't and you don't care about anything or how it affects anybody. When you come when it comes for you to speak in the design that you really want, it may not just come to pass. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to put that tongue in check. Stop letting people make you walk about it. They ain't making you. Cause you to say things that really is going to affect you. If you can't say something good that's edifying, as the scriptures say, right. how they say, bite your tongue? Bite your Keep your mouth shut. Hebrews says, Hebrews 11, 1, 1 through 3 from the um, Passion Translation says, um, where I got that verse Oh, it said, it said, it says that um, faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and watch this, and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke it and, and, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that was seen. Let me read that again. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke it and the invisible realm gave birth to what is seen. My question is, and, it's, and it is rhetorical, are you speaking the word of God? What are you creating in your world? How is your world being shaped? Is it beautifully being coordinated? All right. And I'm going to tell you something. I told you my confessions. All my days in this scripture, all my days are good days, blessed days, prosperous days, and successful days. And even the days of adversity are used for my good and for his glory. I expect my days to be good days. So what you saying that there are bad days? The scripture doesn't say. The scripture said there are days of adversity. And yes, I know we can equal it out to be bad days. But watch this. But even in that, it's gonna work out for my good. I'm, I'm constantly putting my words out there in the future. All of my kids are healthy. Listen, we don't get sick. We don't get ill. <coughs> In the name of Jesus, by his strength, I don't care how, what you are being faced with. What needs to come out of your mouth is the word of God. Shake that word. Shape it. And, and in my closing, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to close with this. Not yet, girl. The last thing I want to talk to you about is this. is your emotion. Our emotions, first and foremost, are a gift from God. And they work together with our mind to give us our feelings. And depending on what you think, your body will start to cause you and feel and respond a certain way. The Bible says in Matthew 6 and 31, it says to take no thought. Saying, when we were in, um, what last place we went? Dominican Republic. We went to our daughter's wedding over there in the Dominican Republic. And yeah. And um and how about you know COVID is still around? 
We went over there, man. Folks wearing masks. Everybody geared up. I mean, folks walking around like this and everything. How about you know folks were still catching COVID? My brother, uh, my son-in-law did. And I walked up to him and I hugged him. And he said, oh, I don't want you to hug me. I'm, I'm, I'm sick. And I took that thought and backed up. And immediately, my throat started like... I'm telling y'all the truth. I took that thought and then I had to start casting it down because it said you have to cast out every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it into captivity. And I start putting the word on by his stripes, I'm healed. And it took me about 10 minutes. I started feeling good. After about an hour, I started thinking about that thing again. I started start coming back on. Now watch this. Watch this. How about you know you don't get COVID like that? Right? But watch this. The enemy don't care. Right. He's just trying to get you to confess it. Come on now. Because that's what he said. But I, the only thing I confessed was the word of God. And I'm telling you that this thing works because if what the enemy tries to do, he tries to attack our mind with these specific thoughts and certain things that we believe because if he can get you to take the thought and believe that you what you feel instead of what God says, then he can get you to act and believe contrary to the word of God. And if the enemy can get you to take the bad report, then most likely he'll have you exactly where he wants you because he knows that again, that the way you feel that eventually, if he applies enough pressure, you'll say it. Come on now, teach. Yes, sir. And when it comes to us having faith for healing, we have to say what God says and, and instead, of, instead of saying what we believe. The last scripture I want to read to y'all. Y'all writing these scriptures down? Amen. It's Joshua 1 and 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. This word here in the Hebrew means it means to murmur. It means to speak. It just doesn't mean a mental thing that I'm supposed to sit here and met. It does mean that, but that's not all. But when you're meditating on the word, and, by, and, and, and with that, thank you, and with that, what I did, I pray, if you don't have to, if you want to, I got, I got some scriptures up here that for the next 14 days, meditate on these scriptures, if you want So not only are you to meditate on the word, on the word of God, you have to say it. That by his stripes I am healed. That with long life will you satisfy me and show me your salvation. You said that no evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. I thank you, Father God, that you are the health of my countenance and my God. And that with long life will you satisfy me. Watch this. And he's going to show you. His salvation. So a part of this year being a year of faith that is living in faith every day, our hearts and our words are going to have to line up with the word of God. 
We have to keep hearing the good news about the gospel of Jesus Christ and we have to believe it. We have to watch it. We have to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Our heads bowed and in an attitude of prayer. Father God, I speak over your people right now in the name of Jesus. That they are prosperous, that they are healthy, that they are successful, Father, in the name of Jesus. That they will take your word day and night, Father God. And you said that it will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth its fruit and its season. You said that their leaves will never wither. I pray, Father God, that every person up under the sound of my voice will never wither and die. According to your word, Father God, because they are connected to the true vine. And as long as they are connected to you, as long as they believe in you, as long as they trust in you, as long as they see you as their healer, their redeemer, the lifter up of their soul, I thank you even now that you will break the past, the good pleasure of your will in their lives. Work in us all, both the will and the do of your good pleasure. Continue to be in an attitude of prayer. Because if you have not, if you have never made the Lord Jesus Christ your Savior, if you have never asked him to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, I'm gonna ask you right now to raise up your hands. There's nobody looking, nobody can see you with me. I'm not gonna ask you to come down, I'm just gonna pray for you right where I am. If that's you. Can you please raise your hand? If there's anybody that's in a backslidden state, meaning that you have walked away from the Lord for whatever reason, that 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 teaching that Pastor Pete did about about the, the prodigal son, please listen to that. God, you may leave God, but He will never leave you. He is looking for you always to come back to Him. And for the membership of this church. I'm not, I'm not the, the pastor of this church. My pastor Pete is. If you don't have a church that you're a member of, I know a good one that you can join right now today. And with a pastor that would love you as much as he can. And also with that, before we go on, if there's anybody in your family that you know that's not saved, can you start to pray for them now? In the name of Jesus, whether it's a husband, whether it's a wife, whether it's a child, an aunt, an uncle, a niece, whether it's your neighbor, Father God, we lift them up in the name of Jesus. You said that no man can come unto you unless you draw them. Draw them unto you, Father. Cause them to call upon the name of Jesus, where they where, where they shall be saved. And you said in your word that they shall never be ashamed to call upon the name of the Lord. Father God, I lift up that person right now to raise their hand, and I just ask you just to repeat after me. And once you repeat this, I want you to come and tell somebody that you got saved today. And when they asked you why, you said, because according to Romans 10 and 9, you said, the Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life ask you to be my Lord and Savior because you said in your word 
that if I believe in my heart and confess it with my mouth, the Lord Jesus, and that God raised him from the dead, you said that I will be saved. So come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior now and forevermore. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory be to God. We can read this message. Can y'all please stand for Thank you for spending time listening to the Word of God. We pray that today's message has fallen on good ground and will produce a 30, 60, or even 100-fold harvest in your life. Don't forget to join us next week. Be sure to subscribe to the New Covenant Christian Church podcast and click share to share with friends and family because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you and have a safe and prosperous week.